0: Welcome to the Zeitgeist 19 curated podcast, exploring the spirit of now through the lens of art and sustainability. Your hosts are Farah Pirie and Elizabeth Jovkova.
1: 30 meters below Earth, there is a place where time stands still. The Ruinar Chok Cellar, now a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Deep inside it, where once there used to be an ocean, we are confronted by the origin of our existence, returning back to the source. In this episode, we are interviewing environmental artists Maya Mowat and Cyril Laurier on the occasion of their sustainable installation, commissioned by Mazon Reunar, Return to the Source. Maya and Cyril share with us more about the essence of their artistic practice and their work with which they are striving to reconnect with our roots, those at our very core. We go back to the origin and question the role of technology in art, the interdependence of our ecosystem and the way we perceive ourselves in relation to nature.
0: Dear Maya, dear Cyril, I am so glad to have you here at Zeitgeist 19. I must say I personally admire your work for it focuses on environmental issues and interrogates the role of machines in the modern world and how they affect human behavior and can change the way we perceive ourselves in relation to nature. But before we go deep into this, let's go back in time and talk about the beginning of your artistic careers. Why choosing this path and how did you end up collaborating and presenting as a duo?
2: Well, thank you for, for having us. Um, it's a pleasure. And uh, to start, yeah, how did we start? Is a, I mean, it's a long way back. We met in um, in a school in Paris. We both did the same school, which was about art and technology. It was very advanced at that time because uh, like it was in 2000, 2004, and there were not so many places where you could mix engineering and art, like having to think about, now we would say like a creative um, engineers or something that is much more common now. But uh, that time it wasn't really the case. So we met in that school and then took our own path in our own passion. I went more into music technology, at Tiercam, Saint-Pompidou in Paris to do music tech, and then a PhD in ba- here in Barcelona that made us move to where we are based now. Our studio is in Barcelona. And uh, Maya went into more uh, movies, theater.
3: Yeah, more musical. scenography, animation, visual content, uh, feeling, emotion triggering or anything related to visuals. So it came quite, uh, it was kind of natural. Like we, we started working together at some point, uh, uh, work with other artists, uh, friends that we're starting residencies where we would go together. And it, it, it came naturally. There is no day we said, oh, we're going to work together. It just happened. And we continued.
2: Yeah, we, we we were very... I mean, why we did this school was like because it was uh, art and science. So we really wanted to mix those two topics uh, from a long time ago. And uh, we saw the opportunity of an interest in working in the artistic field um, together in our own way. I was more in music, she was more in, in visuals at, at some point. And uh, well, we are also a couple. Uh, so at some point, we. We spent time together doing some little experiments, working with other artists. And then we decided, uh, yeah, it it was kind of organic at some point, we really wanted to do things together. and uh, But we didn't really decide one day, let's do something, it was very organic and natural.
0: In the capital of French Champagne region, Reims, during the private tour around Rue Champagne House, Uh, who are very well known for their artistic collaborations, I came across something that I didn't expect to see at all. A mesmerizing installation that I was blown away by, especially for its meaning and execution. I knew uh, there and then that I have to contact you and ask you personally about the work and share it with those who didn't yet have a chance to go there and see it for themselves. Um, There will be a lot of spoilers right now, but please, um, maya Cyril, can you tell us how the idea was born and what uh, what is the message behind it
3: thank you very much first and uh, yeah so we visited the the crea in Reims uh, without any like it was a complete carte blanche like we just came there and it we were blown away by the place itself the place itself was the uh, the main topic actually uh, for us uh, and the first uh, point of entry was uh, the fact that uh, this crater, so I would explain is 20 meters per 20 meters per 30 meters. So it's very deep under under uh, under Earth. And it's been created by um, by a plankton called Emiliana from an ocean that was there before. Then it was digged by the Romans, but uh, but the material that is so big was was made from an invisible, a living thing so the first thing that would impact us was the connection with the earth and the and the ocean that was not there before and so would connect to our vulnerability to respecting the earth as a, uh, our mother earth like really as a respectful thing that is here much more before us uh, us as a human that we try to kind of control and do think and and see ourselves as a as as a god sometimes. So we wanted to 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 bring back uh, our uh, to our vulnerability and realize uh, what this space was made of. So we wanted to bring back the water to that space. That's why it's called retour aux sources, back to the uh, roots, back to the source that is the uh, the water. In French, so and the idea comes from there, and then we start experimenting with crystals in Murano to find a way to project those wa- uh, water effects on the on that wall. So there is um, there is also the symbolic of the roots. Uh, the roots itself uh, handles the the crystal lamps. Uh, the roots we wanted to make an honor to the book of uh, the intelligence of the plants from Moncuso, uh, is uh, Viola that uh, wrote this book about how the plants are intelligent and also bring back to uh, the intelligence of nature compared to our intelligence uh, saying that we should like not consider them as objects. They covered 99% of the earth living uh, living thing. Uh, They survived for so many uh, years on earth. How can we think they are not uh, clever? How can we think we are better? So this is also symbolic about that. And then we wanted to connect uh, the, 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 the roots is a living thing. So we, we connect uh, data from climate, uh, from uh, what's going on that day at that moment. So every time you will go, the performance would be different. So there is a meteor station over there and we analyze the data from uh, the climate 10 years ago. And compare, the, to compare it to that day, and uh, and the performance, which change uh, depending on how stress it will feel about how the climate is changing. So we we try to so the guides. So maybe the people that visit don't know it, but the guides know that knows it. The the piece we do it for the visitors, but we also do it for for the ending point. No, the guys, the people from Rina so they kind of know.
2: So like Maya said, it's a generative piece and uh, it evolves with time. We try to see it as an entity that lives in that cave. And the sound also is something very important. When you when you enter that space, you have this feeling of being in the in kind of a womb also, or like in Mother Earth, like Maya said. And the sound also is the sound with so much power and reverberation it's like uh, ten seconds of reverberation, like more than a church. So every little sound makes like a big resonance. So it was an instrument to play with. Uh, so I, I I did the music on site with my instruments and trying to trigger different sounds, see how they will uh, work in the in the cave. And it's a very special place to make sound. It's uh it's quite um, yeah it's 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 a like crafting some very special uh, sounds. If you listen to the soundtrack outside of the space, it doesn't work the same. And also the lamps themselves. So um, in this route, which is a metal sculpture, there are different lamps. There are lamps that are also uh, going from uh, the top of the, of the space, going down, they are motorized, and they all project those lights, but they also make sound. Uh, they have a little speaker inside. So we have the specialization of the sound, which is also like 10 points of sound. So it was working with that um, to realize the space and, and the sensation of space. And um, and uh, also there is um, a very specific sound of each lamp because they are made in Murano by those glass blowers. They have their own uh, way of uh, resonating. So they, they make very different, I mean, not very different, but subtle difference in the sound, each one. So it was playing with all that and trying to, um, to make a narrative about uh, different seasons, about the climate, about the stress of the climate at that point, if there is, and and, and so on.
1: Thank you, Maya Mayansirio, for this answer. Um, following your thoughts on vulnerability and the human element intertwined with machines and technology, your work exists somehow in between. How do you see the role of an artist in the new media art form?
2: The topic is very broad, um, but that's one of the, our interests. I think we, our work, talk about uh, climate change because it's something we we care about and we want to like to give another vision on it. But uh, also the idea of uh, uh, working with machines and 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 inter- I mean. Artificial intelligence is a topic that that is very uh, interesting to us. And so we try to work with all these uh, technology. And uh, there's kind of a paradox when you work with technology because you and you as an artist, we want to kind of criticize also the the abusive usage of technology and the the belief that technology will save us. And uh, one of the one of the idea we. We promote in our work is um, um, as artists is first giving another vision about the problem we want to talk about, like climate change, but also like um, using those technology because they fascinate, but turn the the visitors look and focus on something more important, uh, which is the beauty and which is the nature and our connection, reconnection with nature, and and trying to open discussions about those topics.
3: Yeah, I think uh, that I mean, uh, for us, technology is not something fascinating because uh, because we we used it from the very beginning because it's something we studied. So it's like when the painter, uh, like a painter, they invented the blue colors. It's just uh, it's new, but then it becomes something like anything else. For us, technology is not something that will save. Uh, I think that there's something we want to talk about it. We want to talk about it as uh, it's not the things that are going to save us because uh, it can make some point and help at some point, but it's, it de- it destroys more than it helps. The fact of building the technology itself uh, destroys more than save or decarbonate. Or, I mean, if we stop using technology day to another, so problem solved. I mean, so we... we so we, we try to talk about but they but I think we think there is something about the ego of the human. Like we are fascinating about, about it because we make it, because we, we, we were able to, to build it. But at the end, uh, an, a tree is much more fascinating. Uh, anything that nature has done is much more fascinating. So we try to change the focus and and, and talk about that.
1: What you guys are doing is pretty amazing. Um, Can you share with us more about other exciting projects of yours, current or upcoming? Are they immersive as well as this installation, or you have something else in mind?
2: Um, We have several projects going on. Now that I think about it, there are most of them immersive. (laughs) Um, For several reasons, I guess because there is a kind of uh, uh, demand for that. There is a power of doing immersive installations. Um, and the, the one in Reims that we talk about is very immersive, but also with a little technology at the end because you have only a few lamps and it's also like you use the technology in a very uh, sober way, kind of. It doesn't use a lot of power, and but it makes a lot of immersion. Uh, we are touring now with uh, <clears throat> an installation that's uh, called Rising. And it's also a continuation of our research on projecting water uh, reflection, and it's uh, it's a project um, that goes in museum or 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 like light festivals, and it's uh, it's about the um, the rising of the of the ocean. So we 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 worked with some scientists and we studied the subject. Uh, There's a a great book by uh, elizabeth uh, uh, rush i think is the right name called rising and uh and we we kind of uh <clears throat> want to talk about how how this affects our lives and how how can we see the subject in another way so it's a, an immersive installation you are you are in um and uh, you see like water effect and you feel like the the rise of the of the ocean in some vulnerable vulnerable places we went into different Places that are vulnerable to um, uh, to the ocean and to the sea. So that's that's one of the of the projects.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's why also because I'm a double refugees. So we think it's interesting. Uh, my, my mom is Lebanese and my father is a Jewish. So we they had to escape from war and persecutions, and uh, and at the end I'm here. I mean my brother, Ed, the family is going well, and we could make our life and we could like and uh, it's okay. But what's what you lose when you're refugees? The connection with the people. So if everybody the climate refugees if i mean if people realize together instead of turning your face to the problem and just realize it together and just move together uh, then you don't lose the community which which is the most important thing we think so that that's the that's the message we try to to focus on on rising then we have other project uh, we are doing a an, uh, uh, an installation that will be a uh, uh, with our Explorer in the hospital for children where they do palliative uh, treatments for kids and uh, that's talk about the, it's called FMR and it talks about uh, it's an interactive or war and it it talks about the death actually so so for, for everybody we think death also is a topic that we uh, that is not treated enough in the society. Uh, we try to turn our head to it and try to not talk about it when you realize it and accept it. It's much it's much easier to live and to go through uh, uh, problems in life, especially climate change. Uh, and uh, we have uh, another one, an immersive room we are doing in Paris. It's called Peuplé. Ah, she left. Uh, it's called populate. So um, it, it's uh, like populate. Populate talks yeah.
2: about the way we we populate Earth as uh, human beings and trying to give a view of a tree. Like there's a root. You know, we now we put a tree in this room, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the tree tells us the story of uh, how humans populate Earth. So it's kind of a a, a way to. To turn our vision out of the human eyes, but think—I mean—see through the the eyes of uh, of a tree. And um, and then we have another exhibition that's that might happen. Uh, hopefully, it was uh, supposed to be uh, uh, in 2020, but a lot of things happened that year. And so, for the pandemic, we couldn't go. It's an exhibition in China. It's called uh, Stardust and um, and it's also about our, our vulnerability um, against the element and um, and accepting this and see it actually as a, as, a, as a beauty, as something beautiful.
0: Maya, thank you very much for sharing a piece of your personal story with us and highlight refugee crisis, one of the topics we constantly engage with at Zeitgeist 19. Your works speak to climate change speak to reconnecting to nature. This leads me to my last question. In a post-pandemic world where one catastrophe is replaced by another, how do you see the role of an artist in this?
2: Well, I don't know if we can talk about like uh, the role of an artist in general, but our, our vision of and why we do this, I think, is to, because we're interested in the subject, so we want to study them. It's a good way to study them and to see what are the facts and to talk with the people uh, that, I mean, it's a great opportunity for us to talk with the people that are connected with uh, all those facts. Like in Rina, the people that work with the, the earth now. Uh, I mean, uh, growing uh, grapes and seeing how they, how things are evolving and they notice things and they talk about that. So we, it resonates with uh, what they do for rising about, uh, sea level rise, we talk with scientists. So one part is for us to understand better and um, the topics and try to give another vision uh, about them because those topics and that's, I mean, it's it's a very scary topic like climate change and we tend to see it mainly with scient- a scientific view, which is great because we can anticipate things, but there's a big also, uh, uh bias when you see it on the news it's a scary moment you live when you look at that so but but it's not as simple as that because when you see it in a different way when you see the stories of people that are going through uh those i mean catastrophes uh of course there are bad things There are, there are also like interesting things like good things as human uh that we can live so what 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 we try to do is at least for me, is to, to give another vision and to let people open their emotions to those topics and being able to talk about them without being too much um, like blind by the, by the fear, but look at something, okay, to see something beautiful, we are connecting with nature, things are changing, we have to accept it. So it's a way to help us first to accept those facts and uh, trying to see what are the solutions and trying to open some discussions around those solutions.
0: Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. Thank you for creating a practice that pushes us to question the role of mankind within nature, to see the urgency in preserving the environment and reducing our carbon footprints.